Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and welcome back. Today, I want to talk more on money mindset. When I coach people on getting started with investing, the fear of losing money often comes up. I hear people say, I'm risk averse. And what they're actually often saying is, I don't want to lose money. There is risk in everything we do or don't do with money. The risk of letting money sit in our bank account includes inflation risk. According to the U.S. Labor Department data published on October 13th, the annual inflation rate for the United States is 8.2% for the 12 months that ended in September 2022. What is inflation? Inflation is the rise of the price of goods and services over time, which means a decrease in the purchasing power of money. One way to look at inflation is that your cash is losing value over time, which could be translated as that you are losing money all of the time. Let me repeat that. Your cash is decreasing in value all of the time. The higher the rate of inflation, the more your cash loses value. The last year we had double-digit inflation was in 1981. Since then, inflation has varied, but has stayed mostly in the range of 2-4% to when reviewing the Consumer Price Index, which is published monthly by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The U.S. Federal Reserve aims for annual inflation rate target of around 2-3%, to so it's been right on target for most of the last few decades. Most people listening to this podcast are probably too young to remember the high inflationary environment of the 1970s. We don't think about our money losing value as being a risk to our financial security. There are other countries where inflation has been so high that the value of their currency has become worthless quickly. Between 2017 and 2018, consumer prices in Venezuela grew at an astounding rate of more than 65,000% according to the International Monetary Fund. Between March 2007 and November 2008, prices in Zimbabwe doubled daily with a daily inflation rate of 98%, causing the government to discontinue the Zimbabwe dollar and adopt the U.S. dollar as its official currency. The point of this episode is not to scare you about our current inflation rates. The point I do want to make is that money is losing value all of the time, So if we want to build wealth, we need to learn how to make our money grow. The way we think about money and investing is integral into how we manage our money. Many people feel like having money in their bank accounts makes them feel secure. In reality, it's your thought about the money you have in your bank account that brings you that security. If you suddenly heard that banks were going under and people aren't able to withdraw their money from their bank accounts, then you'd probably start feeling less secure about the money in your bank account. That would come out of the thought of, my money in the bank may be gone, or the bank won't give me back my money. Currently in the United States, savings and checking accounts are FDIC insured for $250,000 per depositor, per insured bank, for each account ownership category. But this wasn't always true. The FDIC was created in 1933, and FDIC insurance became effective on January 1, 1934, in response to the thousands of banks that failed during the Great Depression of the late 1920s and early 1930s. People in the early 1930s likely didn't feel secure about having a lot of money in their bank account. 
they may also not have felt secure about having a lot of money at their home if they thought someone may come and actually steal their money. Our thought of security with our money really comes from our thoughts about our money. When we buy shares in a total market index fund and the stock market goes down, we often feel like we've lost money. The fact is, we really haven't lost money if we bought the shares for less than they are currently worth, even if they are worth less than they were compared to a month or two ago. For example, we may have bought the shares for $100 each a year ago. Then it went up to $125 a share, but then more recently came down to $105 a share. This means we actually still made $5 a share, but our brain says that we lost $20 a share. Our brains are wired to avoid losses more than to seek gains. There have been many studies designed to measure loss aversion and risk aversion. It's a popular subject in behavioral economics. Some studies have suggested that losses are twice as powerful psychologically as gains. If the idea of investing in the stock market right now brings butterflies to your stomach, you're not alone. The S&P 500 has officially been a bear market since June 13, 2022, and it's down 24% since its peak in January, as of the time of recording of this podcast. While no one can predict how long a bear market will last, we can look to history to give us some clues. The longest bear market in history occurred in the early 2000s with the burst of the dot-com bubble and lasted 929 days. The shortest bear market was the beginning of the COVID pandemic in spring 2020 and lasted only 33 days. The average length of a bear market is 388 days. Since 1928, the S&P 500 has experienced 21 bear markets, not including this current downturn. That's approximately one every four and a half years. Fear of losing money prevents a lot of people from real estate investing as well. Even though real estate traditionally rises in value, with less downturns compared to the stock market, any individual real estate investment has the possibility of losing money even when the real estate market is doing well. With real estate investing, most people use leverage, which can magnify gains, but also can magnify loss. It's always a little scary going to the next level or trying out something new. If you haven't been investing at all, it's scary to start. What I want to offer to you is to have courage. Courage is being scared and doing it anyways. Sometime during your life, you've had to overcome fear to move forward. This may be the first time you start riding a bicycle and you had the fear of falling. Or maybe you felt fear before speaking from an audience. Public speaking is one of the most common fears. As physicians, we've all had to overcome the fear of public speaking in order to give grand rounds at some point during our medical training. In fact, most of us have had to overcome fear many times during our medical training, starting with the fear of not getting to medical school. That didn't stop us from applying. We may have had fear when we put in our first central line by ourselves or did our first lumbar puncture. Or perhaps we felt fear when we were covering the ICU overnight that something could happen to a critical patient. Even as an attending, I still have some fear of complications that can occur when doing some types of surgery, but that doesn't stop me from operating. How do we overcome fear? The cure to fear is action. Take a step, any step, towards your goal. Focus your brain on one step, the next step. Each step brings you closer to your goal. Each step is a learning experience. Sometimes you may feel like you're taking a step back, but that's okay. 
An object in motion stays in motion. Stay in motion and you'll keep moving forward. Focus on progress and little accomplishments. Celebrate the wins, regardless of how small they are. I think as physicians, we tend to really overlook our small wins and really just focus on the big picture or the big wins. And that can be detrimental when we're really moving forward to something that could take a long time before we have that big win. You want to look at every time that you've learned and accomplished something, that you've picked up a new skill as a win. And if you keep in mind all the wins that you're having, that will help you keep moving forward. If you keep focusing on each time things didn't go perfectly, then that will prevent you from really wanting to take that next step. And a lot of us physicians are perfectionists. And we have to let go of the perfection and just look at moving forward. As physicians, we're also trained to look at the worst case scenario. We look for danger. What is the worst case scenario if you lose money on an investment you're making? Will your family be out on the streets? Will you not have food to eat? That's all highly unlikely. Likely the worst case scenario is that you will have to work more as a physician, whether that's more hours a week or maybe more years. Depending on your current situation, that may sound terrible. I know of a lot of physicians who are really unhappy with their work environment. But if you don't invest at all, you'll definitely need to continue working for earned income. You need to develop passive income so that you can stop working at some point. It would be difficult for any physician to save enough money for retirement without investing the money they saved. We don't think about that because working for earned income is our norm. It seems safe to us. NASA Nicholas Talib, the author of The Black Swan, has said, the three most harmful addictions are heroin, carbohydrates, and a monthly salary. And there's really truth to that. It can be really hard to let go of what's thought of as a safe and secure salary. It is one of the killing things that I know personally brought me into medicine, the idea that being a physician was a safe and secure job. But as many of us learned during the COVID pandemic, our jobs are not as safe and secure as we thought they were. When it comes to risk, we can work to mitigate risk as much as possible. We can develop backup plans. We can prepare for unexpected expenses. We can be conservative with our estimates. What I really want to remind you is there's a risk in anything we do or don't do. Not doing something can also be risky depending on the situation. Remember, you either get what you wanted or the lesson you needed. Whenever you think you failed at something, review what happened. What are all the things that you could learn from that experience? Some setbacks are the cost of learning. You can spend money on investing your education or learn from the school of hard knocks. But even if you read all the books and take all the courses, at some point, you have to take action to actually learn how to do anything. Just think about it. You could read tons of books on riding bikes. You could watch other people ride bikes. But until you actually get on a bicycle and try to ride that bike, you're not going to learn how to ride a bike. It's true with investing as well. If you don't take the time to learn from your setbacks, you may also end up just repeating those same setbacks. So just take each setback as a learning experience. Do a postmortem on it. What happened here? What went right? What went wrong? And what will you change next time? I want to end this episode with asking, what is something that you could take action on today or this week to grow your wealth? 
If you are at the beginning of your journey, it may be taking a look at your monthly income and spending to determine what your monthly cash flow looks like. It may be reviewing what investments are available in your retirement accounts and switching over to low expense ratio index funds if possible. It may be that the money that you've been putting into your retirement accounts hasn't actually even been invested and you want to start actually investing that money. It may be looking at your old retirement accounts at other institutions and consolidating them somewhere where you can go and make new investments with them. It may be as simple as thinking about and writing down your financial goals. If this is something you would like help with, then consider working with me. I offer one-to-one coaching to give individualized attention to help you create and reach your financial goals. You can sign up for a consultation call to discuss if working together is a right fit at www.growyourwealthymindset.com. We can spend the time to review where you're at and where you want to go and what's been stopping you from getting there. I'm really here to support you, and I'm hoping that this podcast brings you the financial education and increases your financial literacy. But in the end, listening to this podcast is not what's going to grow your wealth. You do have to take action. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.